Hello all you seekers, explorers and renegades out there. Welcome to the Alchemy Experience podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. Today's topic for discussion is toxic positivity. Uh, it's a concept that was rather new to me in terms of the terminology, but it's something I've experienced and seen around me. And uh, I think we've all experienced it either as a... Uh, recipient of toxic positivity or someone who's uh, ex- exhibited toxic positivity if you like so when we are in a position where we are hurting we're grieving we are uh, experiencing some sort of trauma however it may be and others around us try to cheer us up or move us away from the challenge that we are experiencing without realizing that we need to be in that space at that particular time because it's part of our journey then that becomes part of that toxic positivity uh, because others around us don't feel comfortable moving through that uh, process with us so this is what we're discussing today and uh, of as usual, I have uh, my audience uh, sharing their experiences and their thoughts on the topic and the subject. So let's uh, hear what uh, wisdoms we can uh, impart today. So here's uh, our discussion. Enjoy. Toxic positivity in parallels in some respects to the topic of spiritual bypass that we uh, covered couple of times now in uh, uh, the original episode and as well as a uh, as a uh, follow-up toxic positivity is essentially when we try to fool ourselves of positivity when we're not actually buying it and it's the idea of you know the british uh, stiff upper lip you know carry on Jolly ho, keep up the uh, the uh, the positive thoughts, whereas you're not feeling it. You know, positivity is not within your fabric at that particular time, um, and just trying to mask it with uh, gratitude practices and so forth, i.e., you you essentially avoid the emotions uh, by kind of plastering over this idea of well, I'm so grateful and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it becomes toxic within you. The positivity becomes toxic within you because you're not buying it. You're trying, you're trying, you're trying, but you're not buying it. This whole concept, I, I was listening to Brene Brown and Dr. Susan David. They did a two-part episode on uh, Brene Brown's uh, podcast talking about this, and it was uh, very interesting. And I, there were some aspects that Perhaps I thought they were being a little bit short-sighted in terms of the uh, uh, gratitude affirmation process or the gratitude uh, practice, if you like. But I can certainly understand. I mean, the, the whole idea that we should ignore the negative aspects, ignore our shadows, ignore you know, whatever is hurting ourselves, you know, just love and light, love and light, is not going to work. It's you, you, you will, the shadow side will make itself known one way or another. Uh, and the more you ignore it, the longer you ignore it, 
the harder the SmackDown is going to be when it comes up to uh, make itself really known. Um, and I, I, one of the uh, the quotes I heard from uh, Dr. Susan David was that so brilliant that discomfort is the price of admission uh, to a meaningful life. And I thought that was so brilliant. Um, that understanding that, you know, yeah, emotions are, uh, are uncomfortable. But if we ignore them, they become even more uncomfortable. Then they can really hurt. And uh, Brene was talking about she had been at a um, uh, retreat and they did an exercise where people wrote down emotions that they had experienced. She said the mean number of emotions among the people, and I, when she asked the question, I, I kind of guessed five, three. It was happy, sad, and pissed off. So we have people out there, a lot of people out there walking through life, experiencing three emotions, happy, sad, and pissed off. The range of emotions of <laughs> far more vast than that. So we are told in society to experience positivity, you know, we suck it up or, you know, just carry on, you know, bury it because you, you have work to do. And it's something I think we've all experienced. Um, we've all been through that. I know when I started the process of kind of working on myself in terms of uh, self-development or personal self-development. Yeah, I misunderstood a lot of these practices like, oh, as long as, long as I, I hold gratitude in my, in my body, then things will change. Well, no, you do that just to allow yourself to have a, a, a bar to start out from, uh, and, but then you've got to deal with your bullshit. You got to deal with the heavy stuff, um, and it's just the gratitude. I see it as kind of just a safe way to retreat to uh, if it gets too challenging and overwhelming, and then you can go back to it and say, "Okay, let's work on this again." Hi, thank you very much, Christopher. I thought I'm I'm gonna leave a little bit space because I think last week I was uh, overactive. So no, not at all. <laughs> if you have something to say, say it. Or Forever hold your peace. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think this is with the emotions is very interesting. Um, emotions are very interesting concept anyway, because if you're looking at the kind of more Eastern traditions, and I, I was reading this book uh, re very recently by Lisa Ferdman Barrett, um, Seven and a Half Lessons of About Brain. And she was talking in one of the chapters, she was talking about the differences between cognitions and emotions in Western and Eastern societies that um, for Eastern societies, there are some things like there is only a matter of experience. There is no clear distinction between emotions and cognition. And in modern psychology, especially it was that uh, between uh, from 60s onwards, it was that huge debate between cognition and emotion. Uh, and what, what comes first, whether it's like, I, I think it was a debate between Robert Zions and uh, Lazarus. Uh, what comes first, cognitions or emotion? Do you recognize things in the environment first that makes you be aware and then you experience emotions or emotion comes first and it's huge 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 debate uh it was a huge debate now with the new kind of modern 
neuroscientific methods, we kind of know that uh, they both kind of happening simultaneously and the thoughts, even the thought that you think that they is, uh, it's not loaded with emotion. It is loaded with emotion, even if you don't experience it that way. Uh, and when you, it made me really laugh when you said about this, uh, those three basic emotions, happy, sad, or, or pissed off. And I usually, I wake up every day being pissed off. And every day when I sat down to do my, do my meditation in the morning, I'm, I'm pissed off. And I, I was like that today. I was really grumpy and I'm still, I still feel the change of time. So I wake up at five o'clock. So, you know, a week ago it was 4 a.m. So I'm still like, oh my God, what the hell am I doing? I should be asleep. So that, I'm, you know, that hour of meditation, it's not pleasant experience. It's, it's not. But what I notice after actually dealing with, I'm, and when I have those, um, when the meditation, it's not very pleasant. I just do vipassana. I just observe what arises without attaching to it. So I observe those emotions, and I ask myself, "What is it? Is it? Is it just the pattern of energy that it flows through my body or through my mind? It just is, and I can attach to it and get into that maze of attachment. That I'm, you know, I'm experiencing happiness or sadness or pain or grief or whatever, or I can just see." Oh, that is interesting. That's that's the pattern of energy. The body is just the cloud of sensation, and I'm just lucky to experience that. And after an hour of that kind of detachment and observation, my state from being really grumpy and pissed off it comes to the point that I'm actually peace. Maybe I'm not super happy, but I'm you know it's bliss. It's just a kind of tranquil feeling of, of happiness and, and peace and comfort. And as the day progress, my mood progresses well or it's, it's lifted, but I'm not trying to force like fake happiness. I'm just reflecting and I'm just looking into the way I feel and just being honest and very authentic with the way I feel with my thought patterns, not being ashamed of it not having this like negative self-talk that have the very it is that have very profound impact on on an influence on my life daily life and therefore i can feel more happy and uh, experience a much more pleasant experience have much more pleasant experiences that's kind of no i think the positive uh, or toxic positivity comes in when we try to suppress our emotions. Um, now, I always talk about, you know, the three, three things that we can control, our words, our thoughts, our actions. Uh, so what comes first, the thought or the emotion? Is it the emotion that gives rise to the thoughts around the emotion, or is it the thought that gives rise to the emotion? Um, but the important part is to observe the emotion from, a, uh, I describe it as the awareness. Uh, I think Viktor Frankl uh, called it the, the space between uh, the emotion and the response. Um, I call it the awareness. So it's semantics. <laughs> but uh, being able to observe our emotions from that perspective, then we don't attach ourselves to it. Like you were saying, Carol, we uh, allow ourselves to just observe our experience with the emotion and 
also observe what thoughts come up with that emotion and those thoughts we can then change right but we have to allow, allow ourselves time and patience to uh, to go through that process of you know changing the thought patterns and that's cognitive behavioral therapy in essence is that cbt um, technique that you can use to change your thought patterns um, so the thinking happy thoughts is not necessarily uh, toxic positivity but it is if you suppress the emotions that are underlying or because of sorry thank you christopher thank you carol um, yes, when thinking about toxic positivity, what came to mind uh, to me was also how it impacts uh, others. And the example I have in mind is um, last year when we were in um, full-blown um, first wave. Um, and so I was um, volunteering to call uh, elders in... Um, you know the residences, um, government residences where they they um, they are, and uh, to help you know with their mood, etc., because they were feeling very isolated. So we had that program, that support program, and we had a one-day uh, training before starting. And one of the most important thing that was um, um, taught to us, and I thought was very interesting, was to validate. The, the the way they are so it's not they were they were telling us don't go no no it's okay you're gonna be fine it's, no these people are really experiencing something that is difficult and you don't jump in trying at them positivity you listen and you validate what they are experiencing yes it's true i understand and then you you tap into by, by default to tap into your compassion. And I, know, I was thinking while I was listening to your intro that it's actually the same we should do with ourselves too. So when we have something that is coming up, that is triggering, that um, bring anxiety um, into our space, um, to remember to validate. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes, I do feel that, okay. And then you can, and you can use compassion, compassion uh, towards yourself. And, and uh, what I like to think is that in every, in every shadow, in every part of the shadow, we had the discussion about shadow, but maybe you know, triggers, uh, maybe shadow is a bit too heavy or not positive enough, I don't know. Uh, but uh, there is a fragment of our light and our soul hidden there. And, and, and if we can pay attention, and just be open to it, um, that would help us reunite another piece of our life to ourselves. Um, so, so yes, toxic positivity can be hurtful for yourself because you miss the occasion to, to grow, but for others, because I've been, I think we can all relate about not feeling well, sharing with someone that is trying like, oh no, don't worry, it's okay, it's, it's like, no, I'm really worried and I, I have reasons to be mm -hmm. and I'd like you to understand that. And then after that, we can talk about solutions. Otherwise you negate, uh, you negate something important. So that was my, that was my thought on it. Thank you, Molly. Um, yeah, and 
that just brings to mind when you're talking about the um, uh, the retirement home, uh, the work you did there. Um, you know, where does this come from? It comes from our parents. It comes from our upbringing, right? We're told, "Oh, don't be sad. Here's a cookie." You know, it's that reinforced behavior. You know, if you don't feel your emotions, I'm going to reward you. You know, don't worry about it. You'll feel better in the moment. You know, it's like rather than saying, as Melly was uh, saying earlier, that acknowledging and allowing the child or the person to have that emotion ex or experience that emotion and allow it, the emotion to have an expression, right? Because uh, oftentimes, you know, when you're frustrated or you're disappointed or you're feeling sad or you can take a number of different emotions that people then describe as anger and you go into it and it's like, well, wouldn't you describe this more as disappointment? But they, the only emotion, negative emotion they understand and know is anger. Right. So just being able to differentiate and the nuances between different emotions uh, will then allow per the person to grow and uh, evolve from that. So, um, you know, if we could have that from the time we were children, um, and I think it's a cautionary, cautionary, cautionary uh, tale <laughs> for uh, us, uh, our parents to really pay attention to that with our children. You know, if they hurt themselves, I mean, I do this all the time. I, I used to tell my youngest child when she, uh, you know, stubs her toe or something, I go, oh, will you survive? And she goes, yes, of course I'm gonna survive. Okay, good, bye-bye. <laughs> so it's, you know, allowing our children to experience whatever they're experiencing uh, and feeling safe to do it and just holding that space for them. Well, wow, you just took a whole other direction, which could be a whole conversation about helicopter parenting as well, because that's another sure. whole episode. But, <laughs> yeah. um, Conscious parenting, yes. I think um, I, I'm just in many ways, like like Carol, I like to go into the, the literature. And I think that unfortunately, a lot of what you're talking about is the, the sloganism that ends up becoming almost like a form of, of conformity. Mm -hmm. And I know that... Um, one of my top 10 books of all time is 1984 from George Orwell. And the slogans of war is peace, freedom is slavery and ignorance is strength. It's like if you keep repeating it long enough and enough, 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 you just start to believe it. Um, and I think a lot of people have this idea, but in, in Orwell's 1984, he talks about doublespeak and the fact that you can have these two conflicting ideas that are in your mind simultaneously. So your public persona says, yes, everything's fine. It's all great. We're, we're good, et cetera, et cetera. But you might be completely miserable. Social media is famous for that too, because you have this beautiful family and everyone's smiling and you're having these great vacations. And then, you know, mom's drinking and dad's having an affair and there's all this crap happening behind the scenes, but boy, don't we look cute on Facebook. And I think that a lot of it really is about the law of resonance because you can sit there with your, I think it was uh Norman Vincent Peale that had the, you know, the art of positive thinking, talking about the fact that, you know, you've got all these affirmations. If you just keep telling yourself, I'm great, I'm a millionaire, I'm wonderful, I'm fabulous, it's great, it's awesome, and you look around, et cetera, 
there's a dissonance, there's a discord of where if you look around your life and it's not that, it doesn't resonate. So you can't sit around going like, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire. You can continue to focus on taking steps that'll be close to that. But instead, by continuously doing this kind of thing, there are people who just want to close their ears and be like, la, 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 I don't want to hear your truth. No, 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 la, 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 I'm not listening because I'm focused on this is what it is. So it becomes this like almost lockstep form of conformity that's supposed to be out of freedom in the sense of where you're in this alternative world focusing on the positivity and metaphysics and spirituality and how to be the best person possible. But then it actually becomes almost more of a restrictive conformity than it does in the regular where you don't really think about it in the status quo. So that's where I think it becomes incredibly dangerous because everyone's like you said, love and light, love and light, love and light, love and light, mm-hmm. while they treat each other like complete shit, even worse than people who don't claim to be quote unquote spiritual. Don't you feel that uh, toxic positivity is kind of the, it's like spiritual bypass, but it's for, uh, for those who are not spiritual <laughs> in some respect. Um, where we, it's society that has told us to, you know, keep calm, carry on. Uh, it's this whole idea. Of, uh, we, we just have to do our bit and then they'll be fine. Um, and as you say, there is that incongruency uh, between the thoughts and emotions versus the expression of the emotion. So, you know, if I'm angry, I've been taught that the only way I can express my anger is by yelling, screaming, and getting violent. That's the only way. That's anger. You know, that's, we have that association between the expression and the emotion, as opposed to saying, you know what, it's perfectly okay to be angry. You know, feel the emotion, be angry, that's great. But know that you have a choice as in how you express it. I, I, I think that a lot of this is because of the way or, yeah, the way we define positive positivity. And I remember once um, Simon Sinek talking about the difference between being positive and being optimistic, you know, and how positivity can come uh, to be blind. You know, you just just be positive out of being positive. And while optimism comes from the belief that there is a bright future, right? But but you're not denying the current circumstances, right? And and therefore you have the ability uh, to look at the options. And 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 that helps, of course your mindset and your development. And I was, I was um, thinking while well, you, you, were, you were talking about you know, the different things and the importance, as you were saying, Christopher, on the emotions during uh, childhood and uh, the, uh, during your uh, teenage um, and I work with teenagers currently, and it's important to say that what you were saying, it's okay to feel angry. And, and we work in, in the four spaces and they, they know the different um, emotions that there are in the four spaces as in 
the blue is the sad spectrum, but it doesn't mean that it's sad. It could be drained or tired, it can be bored, it can be pessimistic. So there's a lot, a range of emotions right there. We have uh, the yellow one we have, which is all the happy, or we call it pleasant emotions with high energy. We call the green, the pleasant emotions, but with low energy. The blue is the, the unpleasant emotions physically with low energy and the red are unpleasant, but high energy. In that way, we take out that negative word out of the what we have believed for so long, so long that is negative emotions. We just say it just feels uncomfortable in our bodies, right? And in that way, they they can they can see it differently. And I think this is this is very important. And in the the workplace, we're not practicing this either. No. You know, as in the if you say something that is against or uh, in opposition to what they believe, they try to put you as a negative person instead of you know <laughs> instead of saying you know there there is something here. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful way uh, of training someone to uh, start expressing their emotional state, right? So um, I like that. The, the, it feels uncomfortable, but it's high energy. I really like that because I, I was going to ask. So you know, teenage, you know, uh, there, there are teenagers that refuse to feel their emotions because they're so uncomfortable. How do we get them to express it? So thank you, Jesse. That's a wonderful way of putting it. So yeah, I was gonna say um, in regards to what what Jesse was saying and just this conversation overall with the so-called negative emotions that come up. Um, I think it's more the fact that we're not taught how to navigate those negative emotions, and we're we're taught in our society to, you know, be be happy and em embrace. The, the happiness and we feel rejected if we have those negative emotions uh, and the expression of them can make us feel like we're going to we're going to get kicked out of the tribe sort of thing right like I think it comes down to a, a basic survival um, mechanism within all of us to yeah. keep our safety and keep ourselves feeling protected to come and so yeah so then we come out with this happy happy place um, so that we don't make other people feel uncomfortable because we're feeling so uncomfortable. And, and really it ends up being like a, a pop bottle that gets shaken up and, uh, and the lid pops off <laughs> at one point and, and then there's soda everywhere. Yeah. yeah. No, no. It's, it's okay to be angry about things, right? It's okay to be angry about things in society know about social injustice and inequality and so forth it's perfectly okay to be angry about it but it's how we express that anger that is going to be determined whether we're going to have good or uh, positive or uh, evolving results let's call them they might be neither good nor bad but are they going to help to evolve us as a human species as it were or as a society um so I think the allow, allowing ourselves to experience the emotion will then allow, uh, help us uh, get to the place where 
all the emotion, we feel comfortable with ourselves and we feel we trust ourselves to allow those emotions. And then we will end up in a happy place because we feel safe so that whatever comes up, we will allow ourselves to experience it and it's okay. And that's, that's the route to that, that side of happiness, right? Uh, or the, the bliss because we're, we're not negating or we're not denying any aspect of ourselves, including our emotions and our thoughts. Um, and it, it's, uh, you know, it becomes that forced false positive that we force ourselves to, uh, I think it was, uh, it was a best but the idea that we, we need to, uh, how we feel, you know, I need to feel happy as opposed to being or being happy. You know, what is being happy? Uh, can I tell myself to be happy? Of course, I can tell myself that it's not going to last very long unless it comes from within. Uh, and the idea of uh, projecting uh, out into the, uh, uh, you know, optimism, like we were talking about, you know, being optimistic is just having a, an idea that things are going to be okay. Even though I'm feeling shit at the moment, I know that going forward, I am going to get through this. And it's just having that optimistic point of view and uh, optimistic uh, view of the future. I think that's very different from trying to sp sprinkle fairy dust on everything rather than saying that, you know, I have to feel good every single moment of every uh, minute of my life, as opposed to saying, you know what, if things are crap right now, they will improve, or they will be different at least. They may not improve, but it may be different, uh, and that might be an improvement. I don't know. Good thing, bad thing, I don't know, right? So it comes uh, I think it comes down to we, we are poorly resourced to deal with toxic positivity when it comes from others and we dish it out like we were saying before you know it's like oh don't worry about it it'll be fine you'll be fine you know i was talking my father when he was suffering with um uh, with cancer you know he in the end he got pissed off when people asked how are you feeling how are you doing you know it's like i feel like shit what do you think I'm about to die. Of course, I feel like shit, you know. And just, yeah, it's okay to laugh about it. It's, <laughs> you know, it's it's um, so it's that idea of knowing that someone is in a bad place and say, "What can I do?" You know, can, is it okay if I sit with you? You know, rather than doing the pleasantries as it were, you know, allow yourself to feel something with them, that it's okay, that, you know, you, you can be there and hold space for people um, and help resource them by showing them that it's safe and secure, right? Um, yes, thank you, Christopher. Um, I was thinking um, what came to mind also listening to, to you and, and your guest is that um, I think I was thinking there is maybe um, there is a distinction because I was thinking um, 
I was processing for, for myself, how do I, what, what do I do when I, I feel anxious or nervous or I need courage to, to do something? And um, I turned to positivity whenever I, I, I have it in me. And, and I was thinking, is it toxic positivity or not? And then, I, and then I think the intention is the key. So um, opting for positivity whenever you feel uh, sad, drained, or you know, dense or, or, or in low frequencies. Um, and, and you want to get out that position. So I would say that toxic positivity would be to opt for positivity to escape mm -hmm. what you are feeling, um, avoid it and deny it. The, yeah. and, and then opting for positivity with the intention to heal would then not be toxic, uh, would be the good way to go forward. So saying to yourself, okay, okay, you know, all these meditations, thinking that uh, you have a beam of light, etc., healing yourself. So you go to, to the positive, you don't deny the fact that you are not feeling super right right now, but you, you are opting for positivity with the intention to heal or to, you know, to address and, and feel better, but not to avoid. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's just a distinction that, that came to, to mind. So the my process uh, before I come to you, Barbie, my process is when I have a feeling that comes up. So this morning, for example, I, I felt triggered by something, and it was anxiety that came up within me, and I was thinking about this podcast, and I was like, okay, so now let me practice what what I want to talk about here, and it's like, so anxiety can be a lot of different there's a whole range of different uh, emotions, right? So I sat down with it and I was like, okay, wh where is this coming from? And it was, it was a, a fear of being misunderstood, right? And sitting with that was totally different than sitting with, oh, I'm feeling anxious. Because this actually then started leading me to the source of that trigger. So it opens the door to the breadcrumbs, right? Um, and so what I do then is to allow that emotion to come up within me and see, just allow that to kind of touch my thoughts as it were. Okay, what are the thoughts that come about when I feel this feeling? Because that is then going to help me to resource me in the future to understand, okay, now I am, rather than saying I'm feeling anxious, I could say I am having fear of being misunderstood or not being recognized or whatever it may be, right? So understanding those thoughts, but the thoughts, I have an ability to change. So it's the th rather the thoughts that would perpetuate this emotion because the emotion will disappear pretty quickly. Uh, as long as I observe it and don't give it further energy, uh, I just allow it to exist and be because it's something within my body that is trying to communicate with me. It's a it's a tool for the body. To, emotions are a tool for your body to communicate. Um, and when I'm trying to mask that with positivity, uh, that's 
then becomes that toxic positivity. But allowing myself to then say, okay, well, these are the thoughts that would come up. Oh, uh, if I'm misunderstood, people will judge me. If I'm misunderstood, people will leave me and not want to be around me, uh, whatever it may be. I can then think, you know what? If people misunderstand me, then I would ask them to um, ask me what I mean. You know, and so that becomes then the the positive direction. It's not like, oh, people will love me, because not everybody will. <laughs> God knows. So instead of doing that, you know, just say, okay, fine. If people misunderstand me, then I'll make an effort to help them understand or allow them to ask me to uh, explain myself or clarify myself. Oh, I think a lot of this stuff too, unfortunately, comes down to control. And if you get into a group, I mean, there are definitely very healthy spiritual practices. And then there are also those that unfortunately will bridge all the way out into a full-blown cult. And I don't think anyone starts out thinking themselves, oh, I'm going to join a cult that's going to tell me what to think and what to do and all these other things. It's like a, it's a gradual process. And unfortunately, I think that toxic positivity will oftentimes come into the concept of conditional love. And I think that as human beings, we want to know that, you know, if we're pissed off one time, we're not just going to get, you know, oh, screw you. I don't want to talk to you ever again. Or if we have an emotion that's displeasing, like, bye, I don't want to talk to you anymore. There, there's something of where the toxic positivity reinforcement becomes almost something that triggers a lot of people's abandonment issues. And the, if I don't do what you say automatically, then, you know, then that person threatening, oh, I'm just going to leave or I'm going to go away or I'm not going to like you or whatever else. It, it really shows the ugly underbelly of kind of the human condition based on this construct of spirituality. So, I mean, you had a lot, like in the 1970s, you had a lot of people who were like heroin addicts and then they would basically go and they would find Jesus. They would have a Jesus awakening, but then they would talk about how they were high on Jesus. If you're a compulsive addictive person, you can still get addicted to the spiritual components and all those other things. You might not be shooting up drugs into your, your veins, but you're still chasing that dragon and trying to get that exact same experience that you had before. So that's where it's like, to me, the people that I surround myself with in my spiritual practice I've had for the last 25, 30 years, my spiritual gurus have basically stated, question everything. Your own experience is your litmus test. Do not allow other people, no matter where it's written, et cetera, just because it's someone else's experience. I, I'm, I've been doing out-of-body experiences and lucid dreaming for over 30 years. So when I read of other people who do it, that's their process. I'm not in judgment of it, but that's their process. And when they go out and teach it to other people, they're teaching their process. So they should be very clear. This is my experience, not this is everybody's experience. And if you don't do it like this, then obviously you're not doing it right because there is no wrong or right. There are all these gradations of different things. And we all bring our beautiful, wonderful, messy, amazing self to the mix. And if we have the capacity to be able to do that, then our group that we're in gets stronger and stronger and stronger when it gets tested of where people see that, you know, if one little thing comes up, then, you know, the whole entire group doesn't just fall apart. It's really, really important that we, like you said, is this the truth? Is this really what happened? Is it, you know, is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? It's those kind of things of where the baby rolls. And from that perspective, you really have that respect. But 
I don't want to be around people that it's conditional. I don't want to have it where it's like when I'm always smiling and I'm everything's freaking wonderful that you like me or you love me. But if for some reason I have some, you know, bad day or some issue that is not palatable that, you know, oh, you're just, you're just gone. And I don't ever want to speak to you again. So that's the most important thing too, that we all need to know that our whole full spectrum of the human emotions is welcome. But by the same token, you're also responsible for your own actions and consequences of that. But people need to be willing to ask you, Hey, what did you mean by that? And try to be able to say, can we move, can we make this a learning experience and move on from it rather than just saying like, well, just done with you. Well, on the, also on the flip side of that, just padding over things and not asking the questions, how do we resolve this? Any relationship, just kind of saying, oh, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. We, we will just push this aside. That's toxic positivity as well, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. this conversation has sort of given me some clarity on um, a question I've been asking myself. And the clarity is that I think there is a point where optimism can actually be delusional. Is that correct to say that? Um, and what I'm drawing from here is that it's really important to sort of maintain that balance and stay in this neutral zone of allowing yourself to feel what you are while also having some sort of faith, but not going too far on either end, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I sort of, it's very useful to just hear everyone's insights on this very, very hot topic. <laughs> yeah. It, it is a topic that, oftentimes stirs up emotions because we've all exercised toxic positivity at some right. point or another, or we've been the subject of it. Um, so we can all relate to it at some level. And if we haven't worked on it, then yeah, definitely we are going to get triggered. And, you know, like I always say, don't waste a good trigger because it will uh, uh, teach you something about yourself. I'm just going to say that I'm probably that person that people would think of as toxic positivity because I, I, you know, listening to what you guys are saying makes, made me think that I would be the person that people would, would say would be toxic positivity because I choose to think in a positive light. I'll give you an example. You said use a what's been going on i recently got totally catfished by someone that i thought they had assumed someone else's identity and presented themselves totally was i angry absolutely was i disappointed true that did i want to catch a case and commit murder <laughs> yeah thought about it <laughs> but once i went through all of those range of emotions i asked myself what's the gift mm -hmm. And once I got to what was the gift, that person for the past six months has been a beautiful distraction in my life. What I learned was that I am capable of having feelings for someone, which I did not think my heart could ever open up like that again. I also realized that I have uh, emotionally matured because I didn't curl up in a ball and disappear because of the pain of the betrayal. I also realized the gift was that I'm not the person I would have been where I would have went up and tore up half of the city because this person did this to me. And I also realized that I'm not gonna hurt somebody else because that person hurt me. And I also learned when you're dealing with online dating, you better do your research. <laughs> so 
I took that uh, stance fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. The people around me, on the other hand, had an attitude with me because I wasn't folding like a cheap suit. Yeah. And I was just like, you guys, you know, in the past I would have, but I feel like I've done enough work on myself that I no longer allow even negative emotions to sit in my body for any uh, sustained length of time. So when my family over the past, you know, March 13th since the close down, there's been 15 people in my inner circle that have passed from COVID. Um, uh, and I'm and, and part of this past since 2021, almost every week a person has passed. So the people around me have observed this. Um, the chronic medical issues, different things that I'm having. People expect me to be angry. People expect me to be um, depressed and all. And I'm going, but why? In view of eternity, it's just a blip in my existence. And that's truly my thought. Uh, So I'm that person that when people come around, they go, you just can't be that damn positive or, oh, excuse me, can't say all that. You just can't be that happy. So I'm not saying I'm swear, always I'm, happy. Swear all you want, Brenda, it's fine. I'm not saying that I'm always happy, but I'm very in touch with my emotions mm-hmm. for the first time in my life. I'm 58 years old. What do I have to be stressing about and sitting in the anger that I used to that would, would have, this situation would have took me out a couple of years back. But now I can say disappointed, angry, frustrated, hurt, um, yeah, but once you get past that, do I continue to sit in that and allow that to take me out? I can't give one more ounce of energy to that. And like I said, this person was truly, even though they weren't who they said they were, they were a beautiful distraction in my life when I needed it the most. So I mentioned that to say, I'm hearing what you guys are saying, but I'm questioning myself. Am I that toxic, positive person? The answer I say to myself as I'm listening is no, because for me, I do feel the range of emotions. I'm just choosing not to sit in the negativity. You bring up a very good point, and I think you're doing exactly the right thing. You know, even though you feel or feel that you're not, you're still asking yourself the question. You're still open to the possibility that, oh, could this be me? And you explore that as opposed to saying, well, that must, that's not me. I'm always positive. So that, no, that's not me. The aspect is if you sit with the emotion and you allow the emotion to be, and you allow the emotion to take space and to rise up within you and take its time to go out, as opposed to immediately jumping in there with a the thought of positivity to suppress it or to get rid of it, then that's if you if you're allowing it then that's not toxic positivity because then once you've worked through all of these triggers you you it's quite nice and easy to allow these emotions to just happen within you you can experience them and they go out and you go on your merry way they're they're just experiences whether good thing bad thing i don't know right so I think from what you're describing, it doesn't sound to me like you're exercising toxic positivity um, because you are there with the emotions. You allow them to be. You allow them to rise within you. And as long as you give them time, the time that those emotions need, then 
I don't see how that would be toxic positivity by choosing to not think the thought that is going to perpetuate the feeling unnecessarily. You know, they say that uh, anger, we can, our body can physically only hold on to anger for 90 seconds. Anytime we hold on to it after that, uh, it's us deciding to hold on to it. So you give it that 90 seconds to uh, come up, arise, and go away. And then it's our thoughts that we decide to have around that to say, you know what? Yeah, that was shitty that, you know, being cat, catfished <laughs> that way. That's that's horrible. And yes, it's stinking situation, but can I change it? No, I can't. So what do I do with that experience? Do I carry it as part of my luggage and as a rocket in my backpack or do I take the gifts out of it that I can it is a fine line I'm, I'm sure but uh, to me it doesn't sound like it I think we're I, I think I've answered the question that I'm not pop or the toxic positivity towards myself yeah but what it also what I call standing the full length mirror moment for me is that am I positively toxic to other people because I want them to process the same way I do. Yeah. So I have to be aware now that I have the potential to get frustrated because other people want to sit in their anger and I should not try to make them process it as quickly as I can. Yeah. So I'm going to be very conscious that I'm not trying to get other people to work through their mess at a rate I think they need to just because I'm able to do it quickly. So in that respect, I will be honest with myself and I say I have been a toxic positivity person, but going forward because of this conversation, I will be more aware of that and not try to get other people to, um, like I said, work through their stuff. They have to be able to work through it in their own time, in their own pace, and not demand that they see it in a positive vein. Because I can hear myself saying something to somebody, like what you said about it's going to be all right, or if you just let that go, it's going to be, because people have to process at their own rate. Absolutely. So thank you. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, I think one of the other comments they made on uh, Brene Brown's podcast was that, someone's fragility just uh, beca uh, becoming someone else's problem, right? So you seeing someone as fragile, you try to pass on some of your positivity to them uh, and you're not allowing them to sit with their emotions. You're trying to get their emotions to escape as quickly as possible or to pat them over, right? So yeah, no, definitely that's, is definitely something we we have to watch out for when uh, we do this do the work as a work because you know when you progress and you want others to do the same thing we have to accept that not everybody's on the same path or along uh, as far as someone else and um, just accepting that thank you brenda carol and then we go to barbie thank you very much brenda you are my source of inspiration. Thank you very much. That's beautiful. Everything that you've said is just beautiful. Um, and I suppose 
And I, I do really, I'm really sorry to hear about experience of your close close people and experience in the past year. It's, it, it's truly, you know, it, it's been a really hard year and I'm really, really sorry to hear about your experience. So, and the fact that you can find that strength, it's incredible. So you're you're truly sort of inspiration. And to some degree, you read my mind because I was when I raised my hand, um, I was going to say what you just just mentioned just just now. So that's that's beautiful. Thank you very much. And I suppose I, I had a conversation with a few colleagues at work a couple of weeks ago in which I was talking about my experience of becoming psychotherapist. And in psychotherapy, one of the really component, essential component is to hold people in the unconditional positive regard. So regardless of people's actions, regardless of their past, what you need to do, you look at the people and you have to have that faith. You have to believe that they always act in their best capacity. They have the best intention. Even if they are monsters, they are the best monsters they can be. And this is sort of, I'm, I haven't been like that. This is something that I am training myself to do it. And I'm thinking like, am I um, toxically positive? I'm working on my process. I'm, you know, I'm meditating a lot. I'm going through my own psychotherapy. I'm going through my own coaching. I'm really asking myself questions all the time. Is it me? Is it my process? What am I really doing to really... Um, facilitate that unconditional positive regard to, to life. And what I realized actually that other people started getting really upset with me because I can be seen as the toxically positive person. But what I'm doing at the same time, I'm trying to explain them what is happening. So to me, everyone always starts at 100%. You have, when I get to know you, you you have my full trust. I trust that you are working in, in best intentions and we are working towards the same goal to create the world a better place every day. Um, and you can either go up as some people on this group that I know for some long period that, you know, the job that Christopher is doing, Barbie, Brenda, Sukun, and, you know, it's phenomenal and it's such a privilege to be part of this group and you are just raising my eyes on the daily basis and it's great to be part of this group. Some people are not and then I can decide to remove my energy or my presence from those people but it does not change the fact that we have this very dualistic um, way of dealing with war. So I look at this phone and I see this as the object that exists in my, you know, externally to me but actually it's not because this is the phone this is the reality that i can't it doesn't exist beyond my brain because everything that exists in the real world is processed by my sensory stimuli stimuli and it's created the, the map of the reality that is there it's created by my brain so it exists within me so my decision how i engage with people how i engage with the situations in the world, whether I decide to be positive or negative, it's got real impact on me. And if you put someone under the test conditions, so for example, you put people under lab conditions, 
and measure the levels of testosterone, cortisol, uh, and other uh, and or, or, or neurotransmitters or whatever. People who decide to be positive, they tend to live longer, they heal better, they have better relationship. And this is my decision to, to do that. Being positive, it doesn't mean that I neglect the whole crap that is going out there, but you know, yes, I'm really upset about the fact that there is so many people that doesn't have this access to food. But what I can do, it's I am trying to do everything in my power to create better world every day, to communicate that message to people. And at some point, I believe that I will be in a position to give, you know, 50 or 100 million free meals to people. And maybe because I will be talking to someone, I will change their attitude and someone will say, wow, this is, you know, this is a problem and we can do something about this together. So, yeah, being positive, it doesn't mean that be um, problemophobic and it's not about avoiding difficult decisions or difficult uh, communication. It's acknowledging it, but it's always looking for the best outcome for all of us and be, you know, collaborate. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Not knowing that you have that choice, um, that you can choose what direction to take, that you you don't need to operate from uh, your your emotion or the response uh, directly. You can observe uh, your experiences, and I think it's once you learn to observe your experiences from that point of view of your awareness that you can then be positive and allow yourself to take detach yourself from the experience in that respect so that yes other people might see that as toxic positivity because you don't appear the way that they would expect you to but it's a personal responsibility and a personal choice whether that is actually toxic pos uh, positivity or your innocent. Thank you. Um, and Carol, you always have wisdom nuggets, so never apologize. Where your your thoughts are always provocative and amazing and wonderful and and very well received. So I think that's also that we sometimes we we apologize for sometimes thinking that we're taking up too much space, but think about the fact that there's someone out there right now who just needed to hear exactly what you just said. So uh, the fact that you shared is amazing and Brenda I really want to commend you and what you were saying in the sense of where I think you were completely working your process and when you're working your process and you're going through that and you're actually having authentic emotions there's nothing about that being toxic positivity I think what you're talking about in your reflection is the fact that it's kind of like you know someone who's a non-smoker or they become like you know a sober person where they don't drink anymore or they lose weight and they have this great experience and they want to tell you all about like, oh, I'm so happy because I'm a non-smoker and I'm sober and isn't it cool and we shouldn't go clubbing anymore where we're drinking and blah, blah, blah. And they want to tell you kind of like about the fact that they had this epiphany. And so therefore, because they had this epiphany, they, they think you should have the same epiphany that they had. So instead, it's just saying like, you know what? I know that you want to keep drinking. I don't want to drink anymore, but that's cool. And I can be cool with that. And so, same thing with like, you know, people who become vegan. It's like, if you don't mind the fact that I'm going to have a steak and you're going to have plant-based things, we can get along just fine. But if you now decide that you don't like me anymore because I'm going to eat a steak, then we can't hang anymore. And you're going to have to decide whether or not that's your choice or not. So that's kind of the prerogative of where 
you know, people have the choices as to what they want to do. But I think that, and you just hit the nail on the head, Christopher, too, and you just said appearances. Toxic positivity to me is really just about holding up appearances. It's not authentic. It's not genuine. It's 100% glass on the surface of where it's namaste, love and light, namaste, love and light. And it's a way of conforming and having everybody lockstep in the sense of where if you don't toe the line and if you don't do exactly what we want to do in this group, you get kicked out. And so therefore that's the part about where when you've got a baby in your arms at any time, it might, you know, vomit on your couch. It might, you know, basically burp. It might fart. It might smile. It might coo. It might do whatever, but you still love the baby because the baby's the baby and the baby needs it what it needs to do. And that's the part about, I wish we would find a way as adults to find a way to be able to soothe all of those needs that we need where we don't have to have a temper tantrum or scream and wail for like five hours until we get fed. So that's where it's like, I think our process is to find out how to be, you know, in our baby self as an adult with that fully actualized thing. But definitely, Brenda, you were completely working your process. And that's the most important thing that we do. We all have to own our shit. We all have to own all of our own stuff and then decide, do we want to be in a group that is going to be fake or do you want to be in a group that wants to really know and see the fullness of the spectrum of who we are and from that perspective we can grow and become the strongest group ever as you were saying love and light namaste uh, kind of made me chuckle but uh, i think a broader terminology that has been used or and abused over the past few years uh, that can be identified as toxic positivity is uh, thoughts and prayers and you know, how many times have you heard that? And people are catching on to it or have caught on to it that, yeah, that's going to do much, is it? Um, and it's like, you know, we need, need to deal with the root of the uh, challenge. And that's where the work comes in. You know, when we sit with our emotions and we allow ourselves to experience them, then we allow ourselves to see where the root of the problem is as well. And then we can work through that as opposed to padding things over and you know like, uh, like you guys were saying that if you if you have progress on your path and you want to celebrate it if others don't want to celebrate that with you and understand that you're being authentically yourself um, then that's that's uh, that's their thing right so Yes, I know there are people that may not agree with, you know, the, the choices in life that I've made and kind of the path that I'm on. And that's, that's for, uh, for them to decide, right? And that's not, that's not my baggage. That's up to them. And I'm happy for them to make that choice. Um, I'm not going to, I'm going to feel the emotions about it. When we're going to allow those emotions to be, I'm not going to pat it over as being, you know, well, I'm on this path and that's that's that, you know. I was just going to say, um, based on what Barbie said, what you just said, and I was going to bring up the prayer thing because I spent, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, my faith is. Christian and I grew up in an environment where negativity and expressing your emotions was not allowed. Mm -hmm. um, to the point of, I remember an instant when I was a little girl. Um, at seven years old, my dad, we used to play this game and I'd jump off of a Coke machine and catch me daddy, catch you daddy. And he would catch me. 
And um, one day I did that catch me daddy and I jumped and he pulled his hands back and I fell on the concrete and busted my nose open. And my father looked down to me and said, trust no one, people will flip the script on you. I spent all summer learning how to jump off that machine and land on my own two feet. And one day I was like, daddy, I jumped and I said, I don't need anybody. And so from that point on, I learned not to trust. And also he said, oh, while I was on the floor crying, he said, big girls don't cry, suck it up. So I learned from there. And then you figure I grow up. I go in the Marine Corps where you have to check your emotions. I go to compact, check your emotions. So I spent years with the smile and suppressing my emotions. I've been in counseling for years now to get to where I am right now. But I did not feel anything for most of my childhood to include the sexual abuse or any of the other things I went through because it was not allowed. You had to smile. And in the Christian community, uh, and especially the one I grew up in, you know, uh, what happens at home stays at home. You don't feel it. You always put on a brave face. And if you're a PK, you definitely let no one see the dirt. It's always smile, even when you're getting your butt beat to the heavens. So fast forward now where I've gone through counseling, I've done the work, I now can process through. So I just wanted to share that to say, I haven't always been Miss Positivity. There was a time where I, I was toxic positivity and I stuffed my emotions and I could not work. I used to say I had my trash in one bag and then one day my bag explode, suicide attempts the whole nine yards. So I understand the difference of not processing. And I think that's also why when you said this part, this struck a nerve with me because now that I'm no longer like Barbie, I'm like a recovering alcoholic, you know, hey, hey, I don't drink anymore. So uh, you guys need to get this here and you need to be positive because I did this. I'm going to be very aware of that as not to impose my will or to never, ever again minimize somebody else's need to go through their process. So I thank you guys for this talk today. Yeah, no, and Brenda, that is, I think that's a reality check that we can all have uh, to keep in the back of our minds, like always be questioning, you know, um, and questioning ourselves. Uh, what, are, what are my motives? Is my motive of trying to get this person to move through their emotions quickly? Is it because I'm uncomfortable experiencing them, their emotions with them? Am I not able to sit in that dark room with them? Do I have to flip on the light because it's uncomfortable for me? Um, or is my, uh, are my motives to help them? What, then what are the best ways for me to help them? It is to help them process and learn the tools and the resourcing that I've learned myself, right? To convey and transfer those whatever tools that may be useful for them and whatever they then are able to apply in their lives. Um, so I think that, that is something that I'm definitely going to take away from this as well, Brenda, is the, um, uh, you know, checking my own motives and checking where I'm kind of imposing my positivity that I've developed and gained legit through doing the work myself on others uh, because others are not, necessarily at that stage or ready for that so just running around saying everybody has to be compassionate might not be the solution to the world sales because everybody's going to arrive at that station whenever they're ready to arrive there. 
Thank you, everybody. And I uh, look forward to uh, next week, seeing you all again, hopefully. And uh, we'll see you then. Have a good one. So now going forward, will you be brave enough to sit with someone uh, when they are moving through stages of hurts that they need to go through in order to experience the things they need to experience? I certainly hope I will be, and I suppose I do that for a profession in my coaching practice uh, at some times. And uh, certainly if you feel that these topics are something you want to address for yourself or address as you've experienced them uh, in our coaching workshops, you're very welcome to contact us to uh, take advantage of our 30-minute uh, free consultation. So just go pop over to uh, thealchemyexperience.co.uk and down in the right-hand corner you will have a uh, link to booking your 30-minute free consultation with us. So we look forward to hearing from you soon. If not, we'll uh, catch you back here on the Alchemist Experience uh, podcast. Take care now.